welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this episode, we're discussing the works of Anushka Sharma's production company, Clean Slate Films, all starring, believe it or not, Anushka Sharma. <laughs> First up, while on a weekend getaway, Sharma and her husband run into a ruthless gang on the highway in 2015's NH10. Then Sharma plays a 98-year-old ghost who haunts a young groom in 2017's Folari. Finally, in 2018's Pari, Sharma stars as a mysterious and feral young woman with ties to a Bangladeshi satanic cult. Before we begin, we would like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. Welcome back, lovers. It is a beautiful and sunny Sunday afternoon here in Edmonton. In It's Canada Day. Obviously, we're inside recording a podcast <laughs> in the dark. Yes, uh, but I think we want to wish a, uh, a happy Canada Day to all of our fellow Canadians, though, you know, they'll be listening to this after the fact. <laughs> yes. Uh, but we hope you we hope you had a great Canada Day and that, you know, you, uh, you damned a couple of brews. Because that's what we do on Canada Day, right, Matt? We just... We drink beer. That's what we do every day, Pinky. <laughs> uh, I'm really, really excited for this episode. Uh, we've been wanting to talk about these films for a while, and we're just kind of waiting for Pari to become available. Yeah, we even bought Amazon Prime to get Pari. <laughs> yes, so... A company I despise and a service that is mediocre. <laughs> we... We're going to get to that, both kind of um, the the task that it that was involved in kind of watching all three of these films, uh, as well as what we thought about them and what we think about uh, Anushka Sharma as an actress and a producer and kind of what she's doing with her career. But before we do that, Matt, we have new reviews. Yes, we do. Uh, so we have two new reviews, one on the... Um, Indian uh, Apple podcast page or the Indians iTunes, Indian iTunes page. And this is our first review from India, which is very exciting. Our first like written review. Yes, our first oh, written nice. review. Uh, so this says amusing and it is a four-star review. Oh, I'm glad we amused you. It's from Karen Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Karen Ryan. I didn't know non-Indians followed Bollywood so intently. The pronunciation is hard to follow, but it is still fun to listen to. Perspectives do enrich the experience. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, we really, really appreciate that. Sorry about the pronunciation. It's something that we are consistently trying to work on, but you know, it doesn't come naturally to us. So we're, we're giving it our best effort, and we hope we're improving. Uh, but but that means a lot because ultimately, you know, we want the the content of the show to be the focus and, and, and we're glad that people are appreciating our perspectives. That really means a lot. Thank you so much. And our other review comes from the Canadian uh, page. This is from Aria 101. It's a five-star review, review and they say, super fun. I really love the way you guys analyze films and you're so much fun to listen to. Keep up the good work. Oh, wow. Well, thanks. Yeah. We intend to. <laughs> we Thank will try. Thank you so much. Uh, Please uh, leave us some reviews so we have some to read at the top of uh, our next episode. We really... We we'll read, read whatever it says. <laughs> well, yeah. As, as people discovered, we will even read uh, one-star reviews. But, you know, we we prefer the, the four or five-star reviews. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. And uh, if you'd like to leave a review, um, it would really make our day and week and, and month. So mm-hmm. uh, we look forward to reading more reviews from you. Uh, now, 
Anushka Sharma and Clean Slate Films. Do we first want to discuss uh, the various ways that we watch these movies? Sure. Okay, so uh, NH10, the first film, uh, was available on Eros Now. Mm-hmm. Filari, the only place I could find it was Hotstar. So we had to sign up for Hotstar. And Pari was available on Amazon Prime. So we had to use three different streaming services to watch these three different films. That are all paid, too. Yes, that we had to pay. Well, we have currently a... Um, it's a free month of Hotstar. Free a free month, month of Prime, Hotstar, I think. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but kind of like to, to put into perspective the cost involved with this, it's about $8 Canadian a month for Eros Now. It's about $12 Canadian a month for Hotstar. And how much is it for Amazon Prime in Canada? And it's about $10 a month for, for Amazon Prime. So if we continue to use all three of these services, it's going to add up. (laughs) And unfortunately, while our library is really reliable, uh, and they have an H10, but we've had an Eros Now account for years, so we just used it. Uh, they didn't have Valari or Pari. And Pari's pretty new, though. Yeah. We did borrow a uh, DVD of Valari from a friend of mine. Um, but, unfortunately, it got scratched in shipping. <laughs> yeah. So, while we were watching it, we had to we had to stop because the disc was unplayable. We had to stop, buy Hotstar, <laughs> and then watch it. Yeah. Now, we've been planning on testing out all of these services because we are hoping to do a supplemental episode in the future about the various ways that we watch um, Indian films uh, here in Canada. Uh, But again, as this episode kind of, you know, forced us to to test out these different services, do we want to say, you know, what what do we want to say about them kind of overall? Uh, Hotstar was better than expected. Yeah. The Um, quality on Hotstar was really, really impressive. I I noticed a marketable difference between the DVD and um, the streaming on Hotstar. And rarely do I find that streaming looks better. And I thought the high definition on that streaming looked fantastic. It was interesting going from a standard edition DVD to streaming HD because streaming doesn't always look great. Yeah. And we had no issue with the subtitles. Yep. They were fantastic. And we have good news uh, for longtime listeners. Aisha's on Hotstar in Canada. Yep, we'll probably talk about that at some point. Um, We're going to watch it ASAP. Uh, For those that maybe haven't heard us mention this a lot, uh, I love Clueless. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. And Matt, you love Jane Austen. Mm -hmm. Um, So Aisha, which is an adaptation of Emma, which is the same uh, book that Clueless is an adaptation of, like instantly appealed to us, and we just haven't been able to watch this movie. I I wonder if it'll like meet our expectations because it's been years of us trying to watch this movie. Yeah. Uh, So Eros now disappointing as per usual, I would say. Yeah, we didn't have any issues with NH10. but we, we have consistently had issues with the service in that one of the reasons that we subscribe to it monthly is so we can watch uh, classic Bollywood films from the uh, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. And we do often find that while it says there are English subtitles, there aren't. So that's been an issue. We didn't have any problems with, with streaming in age 10. Yeah, but the, the, had, the app is kind of buggy. It I doesn't mean, work on Apple TV that well. We have had some playback options. Sorry, we have had some playback issues with the Eros Now app. We got a new Apple TV just so we could add the Eros Now app to uh, our Apple TV. Before we were streaming from our computer to the TV. 
And we did have the problem, I can't remember with what film, I think it was one of the shootout movies, um, where even though we'd gotten a new Apple TV and we had the app, we still had to auto stream, or sorry, we still had to airplay from our computer to our TV. So it worked yeah. fine for NH10, but we're still... It's got a lot of weird problems. Yeah. We still tend to be a bit frustrated with ours now. Yeah. And Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Um, well, Amazon is a deplorable company that uses essentially slave labor in its warehouses and bankrupts markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazon Prime, the service, uh, the search function is bad. Mm-hmm. The interface is bad. Especially in Canada. Um, I've kind of talked to some people who have Amazon Prime in the United States, and what I've discovered is that there's a they have a very different experience. Their mm-hmm. interface is a lot better. Their search function is a lot better. Ours is not. Yeah. Uh, and also in Canada, the selection is limited. So when we look at Kathy Gibson, uh, shout out to Kathy Gibson and Access Bollywood, um, always an excellent, excellent resource if you are a uh, an American or even a North American trying to uh, figure out where and how you can watch certain movies. And also she, you know, has excellent, excellent reviews. But when we look at her list of films available on Amazon Prime in the States, uh, at least 50% of them, if not more, are yeah. not on Amazon Prime in Canada. Yeah, there's licensing issues, presumably, but... Uh, we just have a much smaller selection. And that goes for also Hollywood films as well. Just Amazon Prime in Canada does not have as wide of a selection. We would honestly not pay for Amazon Prime if it wasn't for this podcast. Yes. It is a sad cousin to Netflix in almost every single respect. And this also kind of explains sometimes when people tell us you know, when we, when we talk about ish, having issues accessing a film and they tell us, well, it's on Amazon Prime, it's not necessarily on Amazon Prime in Canada. And also, we've been reluctant to support Amazon. And we're kind of feeling like we're being forced because Amazon is, in an exclusive, is becoming an exclusive streaming partner for a lot of new Bollywood features. Mm-hmm. And... Amazon is a bigger player in India than Netflix is. Yeah. So they have better market share. Exactly. So because they're way cheaper, right? Yeah, we're currently in we're currently in a difficult space with this, where um, you know people who have listened to the show for a long time know that we believe in um, ethical film consumption. We believe in in watching things. Legally, um, but that ethical consumption also relates back to to the companies themselves. Mm-hmm. And we don't support Anim- Amazon. We we don't believe they are um, a quality company. We've been finding other ways to uh, order Blu-rays and DVDs that don't use Amazon. So we're really really not sure what to do. You know, we won't be ordering anything with our Amazon Prime account. Um, the selection not, there no. is limited, so maybe when we like watch all the movies we need to watch, we'll just cancel it, but they're going to be adding new movies. So, we're not sure we're not sure what to do here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it worked okay for this, I guess. This the the movie looked fine. Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, of all three of these, I was most impressed with Hotstar. Hotstar is great. And <laughs> the, uh, the sports content you get yeah. is probably worth it for most people. Yeah, I will say, like, it's expensive. Um, I know if you have Hotstar in India, there's a lot of stuff that you can stream for free. And before they launched Hotstar in Canada, we were also able to stream stuff for free. So that's how I watched um, essentially all of Coffee with Quran. Like, I just sat around and watched every single season of Coffee with Quran. Mm-hmm. Um 
And that was that was pretty great. Uh, but then when they launched in Canada, it meant that we that now there's a paywall, and I'm unaware of any free. I couldn't find any free content um, in on the Canadian Hotstar. It really was just like you have to sign up, and once you're past the paywall, then you have access to everything. Yeah. So the service works a bit differently than it does in India, and obviously the selection is different. I know that in India they have a lot of HBO content. This is. What we have is strictly South Asian. Yeah. Um, but there also appears to be a lot of South Indian films on the service. I'm... TV shows. Lots of TV shows. Yeah. I I mean, we'll, we're testing it out for this month that we have free, but I suspect we might keep it after this month and just kind of see how it goes. I wish they had more because, again, I'm really impressed with the quality. Mm-hmm. Another annoying thing about Amazon... Um, even though you might you like you have one Amazon account, it doesn't understand what country you live in. Mm-hmm. So you can you can sign in you can sign up for Amazon Prime on Amazon.com <laughs> with a Canadian address yeah. with Canadian credit card, and it says, "Oh, you accidentally signed up for this." Like it 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 uh, is baffling to me that the two halves of Amazon, the different countries, don't talk to each other or seem to notice. And we also briefly saw, because of that, the interface with Amazon.com. We couldn't watch anything, but we could search it and look at yeah. what was available. And Tons of stuff. That is how we discovered you know, the, what we've been hearing from Americans about how good Amazon Prime is. We, we kind of discovered it firsthand. Like, oh, yeah, this search function is working well, and this interface is great, and look at all this content that they have. And then once we... Because we can configure out where we can watch anything, and then we figured out we were using Amazon.com Prime instead of Amazon.ca Prime, and then we were able to yeah. get our Amazon.ca Prime, and then we were like, oh yeah, there's a there, there was a noticeable difference, especially yeah. kind of doing that back to. It's like the early days of Netflix before it moved more to its own content that it does worldwide. Yeah, because there'd be stuff like, oh, you can watch all of Star Trek on Netflix, but not in Canada. I think Netflix has been throwing its weight around and getting worldwide yeah. uh, rights to things, whereas uh, Amazon Prime does not. And Netflix is currently really p- investing a lot in its international market, including its South Asian content. Yeah. Uh, so Sacred Games is coming up soon. Yeah, they we're going to do an episode on that. Love Per Square Foot, and they also recently released Lust Stories. I think one of the big differences with between Netflix and Amazon, though, in regards to the content that they're supporting themselves, is as far as film goes, they don't do Netflix doesn't do theatrical releases. Yeah. So I'm not sure at one point they'll at what point they'll be able to compete with kind of the exclusivity that Amazon Prime has with its um, film streaming. Yeah. Um, like because they'll offer director, they'll offer directors a, a small theatrical release. Barely, yeah. 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 So that is our uh, brief is, experience with uh, with these three streaming this services. This is Gripe Talk with Aaron and Matt. Gripes. Uh, we'll be returning to this. Like we said, we've been long planning on doing an episode about how we watch Bollywood films uh, in Canada. Uh, and so that, that will be forthcoming and we'll probably repeat a lot of this. But I feel like that will be a good episode to have available yeah. as a resource. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Shimaru is the best one because it's free and good. <laughs> yes. All right. Moving on to the woman of the hour, Anushka Sharma. She started her career off as a model and had her debut in Aditya Chopra's Rodney Banadi Jodi in 2008. Love that movie. Movie we like a lot. And we talked about it on the show. Yep. Yeah. We have in our episode on Aditya Chopra. Right, right, right. That's, yeah. a, that's a really fun movie. And... 
Uh, I was surprised to discover that she initially didn't want to pursue a career in acting because she is so strong in that film, mm-hmm. you know, and she's so confident and she was nominated for, you know, um, best actress at film fair awards that year and best debut. And it's unsurprising. Yeah. Uh, she won the best supporting actress award at the film fair awards in 2012 for Jab tech. Hi John. Uh, and was nominated for best actress for other times for, NH10 and some other stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So she's been nominated for Best Actress four other times, uh, including for NH10, which is one of the films we're going to discuss. Uh, we're big fans of Anushka Sharma. We have seen almost all of her movies. We haven't seen... There's four of them we haven't seen. Everything else we've seen of her, she's usually the best part of the movie, like in uh, Jab, Mary, Met, Jab, Harry. Jab Harry Met Sajel. Um She's not the problem with that movie. The no. terrible script is. Yeah. She is consistently good, um, both when she's starring in films and when she's kind of a more supporting role. So, you know, her her performances in things like Jeff Takai John and in Dilda Dakane Doe. Ladies Love Ricky Ball. Ladies versus Ricky Ball. Well, I would say that is that's a that's a that's lead. A lead role. Yeah. Um but even when she's supporting, I think she's still kind of really uh, takes the film with her. Like she's, she just, she is a presence on screen that you are drawn to, especially in Jab Takai John. Like that's a movie where, you know, I think the whole time you want Shah Rukh Khan to end up with her because she just has so much more, um, vitality and personality than Katrina Cave, even though I love Katrina Cave. Yeah. Uh, Sir Jesus, get those two together. Yeah. She's, she's fantastic. Um, and I think for the most part makes really, really smart uh, film choices. She's not often just the girl in a con film. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Even though she's gotten her start opposite Shira Khan. Yeah. But like they're more of a Jody than mm-hmm. she could have been like slotted in with any other girl, mm-hmm. I'd say. And she really holds her own opposite Salman Khan in Sultan. Yeah. She was great in that movie. Yeah. No. She's... Yeah, we, we really, really love her. We've spoken about her before, obviously, because we've spoken about um, some of these movies before, but she's just, she's consistently good. And I think, I feel like somewhat underappreciated because she doesn't have the glamour that, you know, Sonam Kapoor or Topeka Padukone has. She's not doing a lot of uh, spreads in magazines and stuff all yeah. the time like those ones are. Like, yeah. She's not in Vogue India every mm-hmm. other month. Mm-hmm. That being said, um, she's also famous for having married, I think, perhaps the most famous the most famous cricketer of the moment, Virat Kohli. Yeah. Um, they were married actually right before Pari came out, uh, and they're like super super cute in social media. It also <laughs> they're didn't always seem, supporting one another. It's it also very didn't seem like a marketing stunt, like no. some other people's weddings, possibly. No, it didn't. Uh, so, Clean Slate Films is uh, uh, her production company that she founded in 2014 with her brother, uh, Karnesh Sharma. And from what I understand, she was filming Bombay Velvet, um, mm-hmm. which she's also fantastic in. Uh, and Underappreciated movie all around. It, it is underappreciated. And just watching, uh, I think one of, our, one of our listeners said this, um, the way that she lip syncs during... Um, the musical numbers because she plays a singer in Bombay Velvet. Just the amount that she can emote in that lip syncing that she does is is incredible. Like it really shows mm-hmm. uh, her talent. Uh, so from what I understand, she was on the set of Bombay Velvet, and 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 Anya Kashap was like, "Look, they're trying to get this movie NH10 made. 
she read the script and she'd read the script previously and passed on it. But this time she read the script and said, you know what? Like, this is something that we need to make. And so she started Clean Slate Films to mm-hmm. make NH10 and then also to make um, more films that showcase um, up and coming talent. And I think what's really interesting about what we see over these three films that she's produced and starred in is not only is there um, up and coming talent and new kind of new faces and new directors, but they're in genres that you don't often see in Bollywood. Yeah, she's secretly the Eli Roth of Bollywood. <laughs> I, I don't know about Eli Roth, but, you know, NH10 is kind of a grimy thriller. Mm-hmm. Falari is a is magical realism. Mm, yeah, I guess. Or it's just like... It's, it's this, not magic realism, but it's like a paranormal love story. Yeah, like a paranormal rom-com. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Pari is a horror film. Yeah. Which, I mean, we do see horror films from time to time, but I don't think horror films that actually take themselves seriously like this one does. This one's actually decent, this which a lot of the other decent. ones are not. Also, look look out for our Halloween episode coming out in a <laughs> few months. Oh, um, boy. Clean Slate Films has two more projects in the works, including uh, Canada, uh, which is spelt like... <laughs> Canada's name in Akira. Yeah. Uh, it is apparently the way uh, that Punjabis pronounce the word Canada. Canada. And is it, a, it is about NRIs in Canada. It's potentially being shelved. Uh, I was looking for information about this, and there were some articles from 2017 talking about how the movie uh, wasn't going to happen, but then I still see people talking about how it is. So I don't know the status of that project, but I'm really interested in it, partly because we're Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime someone mentions Canada, we perk up like, ooh, Canada. We do. Um, do you have anything else to add about Anushka Sharma and you know the direction of her career? In, it seems like her movies are a good risk financially. Yeah. They don't cost a ton of money to make, and then they make back their budget anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a tidy little operation she's got that makes up good roles for her and other new people. I'd say she's more of a Jason Bloom. Than Eli Roth. If Jason Bloom was, like, the main actor in his films. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I would say that um, NH10 and Pari, the violence and themes are closer to Hollywood-style mm-hmm. horror movies, especially, like, modern ones or even, yeah. like, 70s ones. Yeah. Than the, like, witches or ghosts or creature 3Ds of the world. Mm-hmm. Like... Her sensibilities, and she's not directing the movie or anything, but she's putting the project together. Yeah. Her sensibilities tend more towards the grindhousey seventies stuff, yeah, but modernized like an Eli Roth, and also very South Asian. I don't think she's trying to pick projects that um, you know are quote unquote Hollywood. No, it's not go 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 a gone or it's not like trying to do a zombie movie. No, it's just. It's a thriller set in Haryana. I think it's because it takes the matter seriously. Bangladeshi, um, you know, liberation war. It's topics that they're not going to cover here in Hollywood, but done in a Hollywood style. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't disagree with that. Uh, So our first film is NH10. It -hmm. came out in 2015 and was directed by Navdeep Singh. He is uh, probably most well-known for Manorama Six Feet Under. A movie we definitely need to watch because it's a remake of Chinatown. Yes. Uh, Speaking of a 70s Hollywood movie. It's considered one of the best kind of um, 
Bollywood noirs, and I thought I thought you were supposed to watch it with Shaw on Split Screen Podcast. So now we call out Shaw and go, "When's that happening?" Yeah, I don't remember what happened there. We kind of. <laughs> Had different projects. Yeah. Waiting on you, Shaw. Uh, but it's a movie that we'd really like to see because we've heard great things about it. Mm-hmm. NH10 stars Anishka Sharma, Neil Bupalam, and Darshan Kumar. It's inspired by real-life honor killings, and the title refers to the National Highway 10, which runs between Delhi and Fazilka in Punjab. Unsurprisingly, uh, the censor board uh, cut some scenes and dialogues, um, but despite this, the, the film really kind of makes a strong impact. So Anushka Sharma and her husband are white-collar, upper-class people from Delhi mm-hmm. who tr- decide to get out of the city after a violent incident where she's attacked in her car. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, her husband decides to rent a villa out in the country, and they're going to go for a weekend away. Um, and it's her birthday. It's her birthday. Um, so just trying to cheer her up some, because uh, she's very shocked by what happened on the streets of Delhi. Uh, she's carrying a gun now, at his urging. But um, on the way to the villa, they make a wrong turn, take the wrong turn off, and end up at kind of a, uh, a not a village, but like kind of a tea shop yeah out roads, in the middle of nowhere roadside kind of eatery yeah <laughs> and there they run into a problem where a young woman is being uh beat up by her brother for marrying the wrong kind of person mm-hmm. um she's supposed to marry some other cast than she did and this is um kind of frowned upon in the community and it, it's it's a huge problem everyone in this community knows about this yes so um her husband initially kind of gets in a little bit of a scuffle with the brother, and then once he realizes, oh, this this could get really violent, he decides that they're going to try and track them down and possibly use this gun to try and intimidate people into not uh, killing them. Uh, this goes horribly wrong because they're city slickers out in the country, and... This sets off a chain of events where um, Anushka Sharma's character is essentially on the run for a whole night. Yeah. Trying to get away from these guys, hiding, um, and then eventually fighting back. Yeah. And, and also, it's a fantastic film. Kind of discovering that all the people that she feels, that she kind of meets over the course of this evening, that she feels like she can trust, are complicit with these actions. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is is one of the more harrowing details of the film. Like, yeah, the, the violence aside... The toxic masculinity in the system is inherited at all levels of society. Exactly. And, well, and it's not just masculinity. Well, because it's toxic masculinity in that the family matriarch is using the men of her family to mm-hmm. do, you know, her dirty business. But I think the film is very deliberate in showing that this isn't... This isn't just about gender. That women can be complicit in these um, traditional and outdated uh, views and practices as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the film uh, received positive reviews and it was a sleeper hit. They are apparently making a sequel, which I guess is unsurprising. NH11? Uh, I think it's NH12. Oh. (laughs) Okay. I don't remember. We can look up which direction from Delhi that is. Is Anushka in that one? I'm not too sure, right? Hmm. Like, 
I guess after this came out, they said that they were going to make a sequel, but I haven't heard anything about it since. Um, it makes sense. I mean, like, how many Purge movies has there been? Like, yeah. you know, when you find um, uh, a working formula, kind of a thriller and, and genre directors, horror directors, uh, and producers will just keep, like, churning them out with, It like, could be a spiritual sequel, too. Yeah. It depends where the road is going, I guess. But it could be people stuck in the inner city or something. Like, I doubt the sequel will be the same couple. Well, yeah. Probably well, because it yeah. can't be the same it, it, couple. Yeah, spoiler alert, it can't be the same couple. But, like, that that sort of people out of their depth is a... Um, yeah. It's a formula that you can use in a bunch of different ways. And that trip gone wrong formula. That's kind of a, a well-known Hollywood horror kind of subgenre. I was also thinking like Australian movies, too. I also... Like, this what is that one called? Savage Weekend? In that one, it was like... Wolf Creek? Yeah. Uh, like it, in Wolf Creek, there's a killer in it, um, but in Savage Weekend, it's like the environment itself is trying to yeah. kill them, all the animals. Yeah. So, yeah. There's a lot of really harrowing movies of people going into the outback. Yeah, and what's what's noticeable about this one is that in the Australian ones, especially, it's usually a couple who don't really like each other, and like in a Victorian novel style, the environment itself starts mm-hmm. to warp. Whereas in this movie, Anushka and her husband they did get along really well. But I mean, there's clearly tension in their relationship. Yeah, they they have a disagreement, and he doesn't listen to her, and then shit goes wrong, mm-hmm. as it often does. Yeah. But yeah, it's a fantastic movie. Uh, the film is also being made, remade in Tamil as Gar... Garjanai. Mm. Garjanai. Uh, yeah, this movie is fantastic. I love it. I think this is one of my all-time favorite Bollywood films. It's definitely the best thriller I've seen in Bollywood. Oh, yeah. And it's just... It is so... It's so strong, and everything in this film is just working perfectly together. So, you know, this this script is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, 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 really tight. It has a lot of nuance. And Does it, it need a rape scene? No, it doesn't. That's nice. Right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, like in a lot of these movies, it would be the guy going on the run because his girlfriend got raped or whatever, right. and he has to kill all these guys. That's that's a traditional formula you see in a lot of Hindi films. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one flips it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, not just Hindi films, like just Hollywood films. You see yeah. in a lot of Like it's not, it's, it's not Ms. 45, for instance. But it doesn't need to be. I'm um, saying that Ms. 45 is a amazingly good uh, female revenge film, but it is predicated on the fact that she's raped. Right. That's true. Yeah. That's true. It's not, th- this is not a rape revenge film, which is generally the way that women get to have revenge in movies. Mm-hmm. Kill Bill. All kinds of things. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is a You Killed My Husband film. Well, it's a You Killed My Husband, but also you are participating in um, a, ho- a horrible act. You've killed your your sister and her her, her husband Yeah. Um, be- just because you, you know, don't like his cast. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, so it's taking a very kind of real topic that happens um in the world unfortunately that um you know people people experience and it's you know providing this really angry revenge thriller mm-hmm. and i mean i <laughs> i'm a big fan of angry revenge thrillers uh, almost as much as lesbian vampire movies <laughs> it's one of your favorites so it's unsurprising that i'm attracted to this and i just you know i think this script is it's so 
so smart and it's really full of nuance. And then this film is so well directed. There are some shots in this movie that just, uh, I think are, are, are kind of awe-inspiring. The train passing over the little tunnel she's in and she's freaking out. Great scene. Oh, it's it's fantastic. And Uh, the bit at the end where she says, sometimes you got to do it. And the village matriarch's like, yeah, I guess sometimes you got to do it. Mm-hmm. That's just a great showdown. And her driving in the car near the end where the sort of mournful song is playing mm-hmm. and the light inside the car. Yeah. It's one of those things you get in movies where generally people don't drive with a light illuminating their face in the dark, but it just looks really cool. <laughs> and I think that this film kind of the way that it uses violence to to punctuate scenes is really Impressive. So there are some scenes where you kind of, you hear the dialogue and it opens this way where you kind of hear Anushka Sharma and her husband fighting. Um, Not fighting, they're you, kind of bantering. They're arguing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you don't, you don't see it later on. Kind of you, you hear scenes of violence, um, but you don't see them. Um, and that really kind of, I think, adds to to the uh, to the intensity. I think the now, opening credit sequence is actually really interesting because the movie is kind of based on being out in the in the bush is shitty mm-hmm. and there's nowhere to hide there's just brush and physical obstacles whereas the opening while they are kind of bantering with each other and playfully fighting it's just driving on a street mm-hmm. seeing buildings and seeing things which in retrospect are kind of um nice like we live in a city yeah we like seeing buildings and that kind of thing. I, I grew up in the country. I hate going to the country. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, it, I, I do find it very threatening, but a lot of people do find the city threatening. And the, the NH10 posits that the city is a safe place until it isn't. But the country is never a safe place. Yeah, yeah. It sings really kind of um, contrasting and I think bridging the gap between um, rural and urban India. And, and I think that's very clearly articulated and also just kind of how... Uh, <laughs> women, uh, women are. That's what I'm looking for. They get the short end of the stick. Yeah, women are antagonized wherever Everywhere. they go. This movie reminded me of uh, Verhoeven's L. Oh, I would say because it is an unorthodox revenge film, mm-hmm. and just the severity and how um, matter-of-factly it's shot. Like, she doesn't have the same reactions to what happens to her as uh, Isabelle Huppert does in Elle. No. But it's... But a very different thing happens to her. A very different thing happens to her, but it's also a new spin on a classic story. Mm-hmm. The rape-revenge film in her case, or just the revenge film in NH10's case. I, I think that it's just shot head-on, and it's not done for titillation's sake. Yes. Yes. And so... You know, going back to what I was saying about the violence, like there, there are moments when they, when they, when Singh pulls away from showing you the violence and he gives you more oral detail mm-hmm. instead of visual detail. And that can be just as intense and just as frightening. But it also robs the audience of any gratification from seeing someone murdered horribly that we don't like, for instance. Exactly. Exactly. Because this film is... Um, it just leaves you hollow and empty rather than, oh, good, she killed all those assholes. Exactly. Like, it is, it's it's satisfying. It is a satisfying revenge film, but I don't think that it revels in 
the violence because that's not what it's about. And I think the scenes um, of violence that you do see, like the, the honor killing, which I think is rather unflinching, are horrible. And it's meant to be horrible. So mm-hmm. I don't think that this movie um, gets its kicks off of the violence. It gets its kicks off of uh, Anushka Sharma being a powerful woman. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think this is... I mean, this I, this is the thing, the best performance she's ever given. Yep. She's amazing here. Yeah. And just kind of her her steadfastness um, just towards her goal. Just cleverly thinking of things. Yeah. You know, she's trapped. She's, she's stuck. But she's always kind of trying to reason her way out of a situation. Yeah. But she also, like, she has this... This vulnerability that she brings to this role, you know, like this, like what she's going through is, is harrowing. And while she kind of, you know, stays level, I think you also kind of see the desperation in her face. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, she doesn't kind of go full superhero. And by the time that like, she's really on her, um, revenge path you can tell that she's just she's numb and she's broken down and this is all she has Mm -hmm. um and it's just like it's you know this is an extremely physical performance she Um, ran a lot but it it also it also requires a lot of emotional depth to pull this off Mm -hmm. it's it's excellent yeah cnh10 if you haven't seen it get on it yeah and the the cinematography it has that really kind of um grimy quality that you expect from kind of 70s uh horror uh or like australian horror it does remind me of the first time we watched the texas chainsaw massacre on a beat up old vhs and later on we were told a movie actually takes place during the daytime a lot of it (laughs) but the vhs we watched was in such bad shape that we thought like does does this take place at midnight for like five hours but this actually does. It's night for night photography. It's gorgeous. And it's just limpid pools of darkness. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's really like it's really something to watch because I can't think of a lot of Bollywood movies that look this grimy. I can't I'd think say, of any Bollywood movie that looks this grimy. I would say parts of Unta Punjab do. Right, yeah. And you could see this kind of taking place it's not in the same part of the country, but in those sort of backwoods areas mm-hmm. just like Uta Punjab did and the griminess that like, you know like again this is how everything is working in tandem because the griminess is so integral um like this aesthetic is so integral to the themes of this film and the the situation that it's in it's just like it's it's really like a, it's it's an it's really an experience like I would really love to see this in theaters with a crowd um, because I think, <laughs> I think it would be really tense. Uh, and I think putting this up on a, on a big screen, we've only ever seen it at home. Putting this up on a big screen would really kind of amplify, uh, just these, these emotions and this situation. I think some of the shots in this film are just really, really strong. And that, that one shot of her that, that you mentioned, um, under the, under the bridge of the train, which, um, which goes to a, it's an extreme long shot. It's yeah. an extreme long shot, yeah. And the way that the the train, the sound of the train drowns out her her noise, um, and just the, the image of her kind of crouched down there screaming. I don't see what happens, but it's you know if you yeah if you haven't seen NH10, uh, you'll know that shot when you see it, and it's just it's really good. Yeah, it's really good. And all I, of these movies, she picks pretty harrowing situations for herself to be in. Yeah. And 
for people who kind of who who maybe think that this sounds too intense or you know don't think that they're into revenge thrillers, I w- I would say give it a shot because I don't think that this has um, you know many of the issues that I find in other films of this ilk. I don't think this is exploitative at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's not. It's not an easy watch, so you know I'm not saying you know step outside of your comfort zone. Don't watch with your grandma. Yeah, if this if unless this, your grandma <laughs> is pretty hardcore, and, you know you you need to be in the right headspace. You know if this kind of thing sounds like you know it sounds like it could trigger you, for example, maybe stay away. Yeah. Uh, but you know if I would encourage people to to give it a shot. Um, the last thing I just want to say is like just how this film deals with gender. You know you've compared it to. A lot of rape revenge films, which I get because I think to a certain extent here the the honor killing it functions as the way uh, rape does in many of those films. But yeah, that's what generally women are revenging against. Yeah, and, and this one it's not. I do frequently find rape revenge films to be exploitative. Um, that being said, I find them fascinating because they they are films where um, where women get to rage against the patriarchy, which I think is um, patriarchy is, is pretty worth raging against these it, days. It so, is, and yeah. I I think it is a uh, and it, it's cathartic. That's the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And and this film does provide that catharsis. But again, I think it's very nuanced because. When it comes down to it, uh, the person who's who's issued this honor killing is a woman mm-hmm. um, and is a mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think the, that the willingness for the film to go to that place and to confront that issue and to just kind of say, like, gender really has nothing to do with this. It's um, about um, outdated ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um I found I found very powerful, personally. Yeah. Well, on that note, <laughs> uh, here's a song. <laughs> yes, we're going to play a song uh, from Falari. It is called Naughty Billow. It is uh, kind of the the single they released to to promote the film. And it's uh, sung by one of the film stars, uh, Diljit Deshange, who we love. And it features a rap by Anushka Sharma herself. Yeah, so enjoy that. <laughs> जो फिर से दोहरा जरा पूरे पेड़ के आगे बनता गबरू बड़ा जा तेरे जैसे देखे बड़े मैं हूँ लाखों में इतनी सबसे नहीं बन जाऊंगी पहचान तेरी जरा कदर तू करना था मेरी तू है सेर तो मैं सवा सेर ये समझा दूँ न रहना तू धोखे में यूँ जा ATB Booster is a crowdfunding platform from startups and small businesses in Alberta. Anyone with a great idea and a passion can apply and raise funds on the platform. Booster Stage events give entrepreneurs a chance to pitch their idea in front of a panel of judges and get additional funding. For more information about ATB and ATB Booster, check out atb.com. With Clean Slate Films, Anishka Sharma is providing a home for innovative and unique storytelling in Bollywood. Callum Lycan of the Bothy also has an interest in storytelling. Callum is a traditional Scottish storyteller. He doesn't read from a book, but instead uses his knowledge, passion, and love of stories to engage with his audience. Callum's podcast, The Bothy, covers tales, interviews, business practices, or workshops, all related to storytelling. You can find The Bothy at Callum Lycan Storytelling, that's 
C-A-L-U-M-L-Y-K-A-N storytelling.com. To find out more about the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, and the member podcasts, go to albertapodcastnetwork.com. So that was a sample from Naughty Billow from Filari, which came out last year. And is our, our next film to discuss. Yep. So Filari was directed by Anshai Lal and stars Nishka Sharma, Diljit Dosanjh, Suraj Sharma, and Marine uh, Pirzada. So Suraj Sharma is probably most well known for being in uh, Life of Pi. Mm. Um, he's actually done more, uh, more kind of... Western work is he the than groom? Indian work. Sorry? Is he the groom? Uh yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's done more Western work than um than kind of than South Asian work. Uh he was also in Million Dollar Arm and uh he's next going to be seen in a Happy Death Day too. Oh wow. Uh he was also in uh, seven episodes of Homeland. Interesting. So uh Falari is uh as we mentioned earlier, a paranormal romance. You don't think it counts as magic realism? No, I don't okay. think it counts as magic realism. I guess you would know that better because... Uh, it's my job. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're the literary guy. No, it's... Like, magic realism would be like, you know, uh, she cried so hard that an ocean developed. Okay. Or that uh, sparrows came by and were reciting Borges or something. This is just like, there's a ghost at a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so it's um, paranormal. Okay. Yeah, it's paranormal. There was a... Um, interesting genre blending with all three of these movies, yeah. I would say. Uh, but this is definitely the most lighthearted of them, although I think it does touch at some important things near the end. Yes. Uh, so Anushka plays um, one of the titular Falari. Mm-hmm. Uh, she plays a poet 98 years ago, importantly, uh, living in the village of Falar who is writing poetry that is the most popular stuff out there. Everyone runs to the store as soon as the poetry journal that she uh, is writing in has a new issue out. You wish. Yeah. I talked about this with my coworker, Claire, who is herself a poet, and I said, you know, this is like the best movie about poets I've ever seen. Yeah. Because everyone is extremely interested in poetry. I would actually really love, because we know a lot of poets... Uh, and <laughs> yep. I would actually really love to show this movie to some of them and just see what they think because I, I agree this is one of the best movies I've ever seen about poetry. Yeah. <laughs> or or kind of like half being, of it's about poetry. Being a poet. Yeah. yeah. Well, it it kind of centers on an, a disagreement between two poets, mm-hmm. and this disagreement propels them to become better at their craft. For you see, Anushka is not signing these with her own name. She's signing them as Flori, aka a person from Flor. Yeah. Because her brother's a little bit controlling, her parents are out of the picture, and it's almost like when in the Regency period, uh, women would use men's names mm. to release novels because it just wasn't done. Yeah. So uh, it's remarkable that she can read and write at all. Yeah. yeah. But her, her her brother's a doctor. She's educated. Mm-hmm. Like um, we'll get into that. Yeah. But, uh, now, all that's told in flashback. That, all that's told in flashback. And there's also Dilje Dosanjh, who's yes. kind of... He's, he's actually taking credit for these poems, and he's kind of a raconteur singer guy. He's like a Justin Bieber of his day. Yeah. Uh, girls are leaving their um, anklets on his door every day. Everyone wants to bang Dilje Dosanjh. He's the most popular guy in town. That's totally understandable, Matt. He is... He's a handsome dude. Fine. Yeah. And... 
this movie, more than any other movie, I think really understands his sex appeal. Yeah. And they get into a disagreement because she knows that she's actually writing the poems yeah. and he's taking credit for them to make himself look smart in addition to being like the good time guy who makes all the songs that everyone likes to dance to. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's in the past. In the present, uh, Suraj Sharma is getting married to a girl who he grew up with, he's friends with, he's a little unsure about. His childhood sweetheart. Yeah. Uh, he's come back from Canada where I believe he's a rapper. <laughs> So another kind of poet. <laughs> yes. And astrologer mentions that he was born under a bad star and suggests that he get married to a tree so that this first marriage can end and then his second marriage to uh, the girl will work. So uh, Shashi, uh, a.k.a. Falari, the ghost character, is attached to this tree somehow. Yeah. And in marrying the tree, Kanan... Um, is actually marrying her. Yes. So So then she's haunting him. So then she is haunting him and can't figure out how to deal with the situation. He's freaking out. Uh, yeah. She she has some sort of poltergeist type powers. She, yeah. she can move things around, sort of. But there's and, nothing scary in this film. I want to be really clear about no, that. No, she's he, the 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 characters are very scared that there's a ghost at the wedding, but uh, like it's not a scary film. It's it's yeah. just charming. What happens eventually is that uh, the death of Shashi's character and uh, Rupalal's character, uh, Doji Dosanjh's character, Rupalal, Anushka Sharma's character, Shashi, their deaths are kind of linked to an incident that happened 98 years mm-hmm. ago, uh, a massacre where uh, British forces killed a bunch of Punjabi people called the Jallianwala Bagh Massacre. Mm-hmm. And like uh, some of the characters in the film, we had to look it up too. But I think the idea of unfinished business is really interesting in this movie because it's insinuating that, you know, um, Shashi and Rupalal's characters, their unfinished business was that they never got to have their life together. Mm -hmm. But all the other people who died at that, they're stuck being ghosts forever. And they're living at that uh, monument to it. Mm-hmm. So the movie is kind of light and frothy for a while. Then you get into the much more interesting love story in a hundred years ago, and then it ends off on an interesting note of, you know, here's a here's a crime that was perpetrated by colonial oppressors. Yeah, I think this is a really beautiful film. It had disappointing reviews. A lot of people, uh, you know, really praised its originality and. Uh, kind of how culturally relevant it is, uh, kind of the way that it bridges um, um, un- the past and the present, and um, the the romantic entanglements that people dealt with in the past and the present, mm-hmm. um, and provides kind of a bridge between um, between time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I see all that too. And I so yeah. So a lot of people praised those aspects of it, but felt that it was really uneven. And I don't see that. I think this is really, really wonderful. And I can't think of any other movie like this. Like, the closest thing I can think of, um, I think, unfortunately, is a comparison that really does a disservice to the film. Because I can think of, like, Nicholas Sparks stuff. Because Nicholas Sparks uh, sometimes A lot of has, ghosts, husbands. <laughs> yeah, sometimes has ghosts. Um, and Always also, has a love affair. Yeah, has that older couple teaching the younger couple how to love trope. Yeah. Um, which is what you have here. But otherwise, that's where comparisons end. Like, this is a really, a really unique film, and it's really, really beautiful. Yeah. I, 
Um, it, it gets better as it goes along. Yeah. I would say that the beginning is kind of flat. Yeah. Because I don't care about the modern day characters. But the more I watch it, the more I appreciate that relationship. Because I, I, I do agree that the strongest stuff um, and the real drive of the film uh, is this are these flashbacks that tell the story of this romance 98 years ago. But the more, you know, because this is about my, my third time seeing the film, uh, the more I see it, the more I appreciate the present day romance. Because Kanan and Anu, you know, Anu, she just doesn't understand why um, Kanan has all these doubts and she feels like she's waited for him and, you know, why why is he trying to sabotage their relationship? And she's kind of like... Because going, of a ghost. Well, but she's going... It's not because of the ghost. I know, it's because yeah. he, he's having trouble committing. He's yeah. having, you know, he's having commitment phobia. And she, meanwhile, is like, I've been waiting for you. You've been off having, you know, living your life in Canada and I've been here waiting for you and mm-hmm. now, you know, you have to follow through on this promise that you've made to me that, that we're going to be together. And that's and the her, same thing that happened in the past her except with the ghosts. heart is breaking yeah. as she's going through the motions of all these wedding events. But at the same time, you know, I, I you know, Kanan is a really well-conceived character and I think Suresh Sharma plays him excellently because I think on one hand you just you see what it what a jerk he's being he's kind of a wiener yeah but also I think he's really relatable you know this idea that you know that he's faced with like oh my god this is going to be this woman is going to be the rest of my life and this all of this kind of family stuff all of this pomp and circumstance you know why am I participating in this? Is this me? Is this what I want? Meanwhile, I'm being haunted by this ghost. I feel like <laughs> like you could have spun this a different way into a lot more comedic stuff. Because yeah. if this was like funny, a, if it was a Karan Johar film, you'd have a lot more sound effects. Yeah, and um, Shashi would be much more confused by modern day rituals and technology she and is stuff. confused as to why the women aren't wearing any clothes yeah, and i think as to why everyone is drinking all the time yeah and she looks at an electric light for a little while is interested in a phone yeah but I like she understands she a record yeah but like she basically gets like oh this is how you get around this because yeah. this car thing uh, that's how you light things up but like she basically gets like oh you guys are having a little bit of relationship trouble this is sort of what my wedding was like too but you know it wasn't as fancy it was a hundred years ago so, like, it didn't really play that um, trick a lot. You could have got a lot of mileage out of a ghost yeah. interacting with the modern day. Oh, what is it? Yeah. Yeah. What is this? This is weird. They don't a do a lot of cell phone? Yeah, they don't Who, do a lot of How did they get into that little phone? It's really more about the relationship that Shashi and Kanan develop, where she just kind of says to him, like, look, you don't understand what it's like to be a woman in love. Yeah, and that doesn't change in between a hundred years. No, it doesn't, and 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 that and that's I think where the film is is strongest is when it's kind of getting into um, to these romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the stuff kind of set ninety eight years ago in in Punjab is really, 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 really strong. Diljit Dushanj and Anushka Sharma have amazing chemistry Mm -hmm. uh i i I think like there are some scenes in this movie that i think are like genuinely sexy Mm -hmm. uh and you know the this kind of relationship that develops first out of antagonism but then out of like mutual respect feels very very fluid and again because their chemistry is so strong i think you are 
drawn into to this romance and, and want to understand like what has happened that now she's you know this ghost who was who was stuck in this tree yeah um and 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 where that that story goes which i think is um um i think you can kind of see where it's going yeah um is really is is really kind of emotionally affecting i i really like this movie i i wish like it it didn't do well unfortunately yeah i mean i think think it's got a lot going for on a technical level it's not super interestingly shot i mean it does distinguish between modern day and the past by like, ooh, it's more sepia tone in the past. And yeah. people are wearing old clothes, whereas nowadays it's a lot more neon, that kind of thing. But they but did do a really good yeah. job on making Anushka Sharma a ghost. Yeah. But the effects on that, she's kind of translucent and she's also, I guess, ghosts wear like white and gold versions of whatever clothes they were wearing before. Mm-hmm. I mean, that looks cool. And her floating around and stuff. It They definitely spent a lot of money on making the ghost look right. Yeah. And you need that. Otherwise, if the ghost looks cheesy, this movie is dead in the water. Yeah. So they did a great job on that. And maybe the rest of it just kind of looks okay. Yeah, I, I do think the massacre is really well shot. I think it has it, it has a lot of impact. Not having a ton of people around, like they're able to kind of stage it in a way that yeah, um, it looks good, and, and they're the able final. to find they're able to find locations where you don't need a ton of CGI to make it look like a hundred years ago. Too. Yeah, and the final scene, um, which does involve a lot of special effects, because yeah, we that see looks good hundreds too. of ghosts. It looks amazing. Yeah, they do, they they use their money wisely. Yeah, yeah, and I think everyone is giving you know I think I think Anushka Sharma did to Shaj. Uh, kind of have the most to do. They have the kind of the most, um, they, they have to carry the film, uh, emotionally, mm-hmm. but I think that, um, Shiraz Sharma and, uh, the, the actress who plays Anu, um, Mirin Perzada, uh, are also, I hope I get, I hope I'm pronouncing that somewhat. It's my best attempt. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like they're both really, really strong. And, uh, I think in that final scene, um, where, they're kind of watching but here's the thing Shashi and they're kind of realizing what's happening I think kind of just everything that happens with their faces is really strong but Kanan is the only guy who could see Shashi for most of it but I think it's a I very, don't know if she could see her at the end I think she it's very t- clear the moment when Anu can see her yeah yeah. I think they could have nailed that no I think they could have nailed that a little bit earlier okay just it's tough to tell what she could see because um Earlier on, uh, Shashi has to kind of use her poltergeist powers to move a uh, move um, a scarf around and yeah. kind of wear that, and that's how she could tell she's there. Um, and there's some fun interplay where Shashi tells Kanan something, and then he has to tell uh, Ani yeah. something. A um, little play, a little bit of telephone there. Yeah. I, I just feel like it's a little bit unclear as to what she could see near the end, but we can definitely see what's going on. Yeah, this was so original. And was really well executed, but I think because uh, it seemed odd, <laughs> like what is this movie? People didn't take a I chance. I think it was on hard it. to market this one, yeah, because it's not a comedy. And I hope we'll find um, an audience now that it's available on streaming. Yeah. So uh, our last movie that we're going to talk today, which unfortunately is my least favorite of the three, I would say for me as well. But I do appreciate that they went for it. Oh yeah, they go for it. So this is Pari, not a fairy tale. Came out this year, a couple mm-hmm. months ago. Yeah, like it got onto streaming services pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. So it's directed by Prosit Roy, stars Anushka Sharma, Parambrata Chatterjee, Raja Kapoor, and Rita Bari Chakraborty. And this is 
again a paranormal film, again kind of a paranormal romance, but much more on the paranormal end than the romance end. And this is like very clearly a horror. Yeah, it's not a fairy tale. Yeah. It's interesting to me how all of these movies are very clearly like genre exercises. Yeah, and different genre exercises. Mm -hmm. So in this film, Anushka Sharma, this, this film which there aren't a lot of Hollywood movies that even play in the genre too, but like the feral woman yeah you don't see this a lot but uh, i think it's hard to do there was a movie called the woman which pretty <sighs> creepy actually that did you movie. see it i never saw it no but i heard about it yeah and um that got a, that got a lot of uh, a lot of accusations against it yeah so it's not a common trope mm-hmm. and then this takes that and then puts a further spin on it yeah so Nishka Sharma plays a young woman whose mother dies in a strange uh, car accident at the beginning of the film, which on further res- re- reflection, I'm wondering, I might need to watch that again, actually, to see what was actually going on yeah. there, given what we know about the rest of the movie. But her her mother gets hit by a car driven by uh, Parambrata Chatterjee and his family. So he's a young guy who is trying to get an arranged marriage put together. Um, this is he, like Nell meets Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has a kind of like soulless white collar job and he was very shy growing up. He didn't really talk to any people. He liked hiding under his bed. So he's in kind of an introverted person to begin with and it's tough to get married in that state. Mm-hmm. So, um, But they accidentally kill Anushka Sharma's mother and they... Going to the mother's house, they find out that Anushka is chained up in the uh, shed, basically, Mm -hmm. living with a bunch of dogs. It's kind of weird. So she gets brought into town to deal with her mother's death. And so Chatterjee's character does feel fairly um, complicit in the death of his mother and kind of feels like he should watch out for this uh, woman. So they start a relationship. Meanwhile, Rajat Kapoor plays a Muslim cleric, kind of an exorcist type guy, huh? Yeah. But Who has a glass eye. He's got a glass eye Ugh. after an incident that happened about 20 years ago. Who is hunting down essentially a death cult. Yeah. Not unlike the one from uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. That's what this reminded me of the most, really. Oh, really? Yeah. It's it's a death cult that is trying to bring um, ifrit children to life. Yeah. So you want to explain what a freet is? So an afrit is a demon, mm-hmm. a death spirit. And what the this cult was doing was finding young Bangladeshi women and impregnating them. Well, setting them up <laughs> to get impregnated by like feeding them this uh, weird stuff yeah. and then putting them under a sheet and then an invisible demon rapes them and puts a baby in them. Yes. So <laughs> that's pretty hardcore shit right there. Um, and uh, Rajat Kapoor's guys are merciless in tracking down this cult. And at one point, this is the thing that reminded me of Eli Roth, uh, in a grimy room where they're you know submerging these women in bathtubs and making them forcibly give birth, um, this is shown off screen. But Chainsaw's a baby. Yeah. <laughs> a demon baby. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. This movie's not screwing around. <laughs> no, it's not. So then there's a kind of romance between Sharma and Chatterjee where she is a feral woman who's gradually learning about the um, modern world and her place in it, but also every once a month has to kill something so that all the poison in her body can be eliminated. Yeah. 
You know, that old trope. And unsurprisingly, she gets pregnant. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It is a mix of The Exorcist, Rosemary's Baby, and like... Nell. Nell, <laughs> or something like Tessa the Durbervilles, even. Just a a woman down on her luck being exploited. And it goes to some really, really interesting places. Because uh, Chatterjee, uh, he's engaged... Uh, or he's agreed to marry uh, this woman. Who's and- a nurse, which we see in a very memorable scene during a childbirth where it's like there's a blood bag inside this lady. This doctor's covered in blood and she's freaking out. And really that scene is only there because later on someone gives birth. And she's like, oh, that person knows how to deal with that because well, of that crazy childbirth scene. But it also scene. reflects kind of... Um, a larger a larger theme within the film about um motherhood and um and 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 the process of becoming a mother childbirth uh and and she she has she has a eventually kind of a, a bit of a backstory about her is revealed is just kind of that she had a a pregnancy that was terminated and so kind of the the climax of the film is um is is a childbirth scene but with these two women which is like and it's really that's weird. Yeah, it's like, really really interesting. Yeah. But I also think it's really like this. This movie goes to really feminist places <laughs> that I I found it does uh, that I found kind of awe inspiring. Where like you know this woman is supporting uh, her fiance's uh, baby mama who like is giving birth to a demon. Yeah, and I will say I I did kind of. <laughs> Lose my attention for a little bit, and I was confused as to Rajak Kapoor's character because I thought he was actually involved with the cult rather than fighting the cult. No. But his methods are pretty bad, so yeah, like, he, and, he's and- not exactly like uh, um, like the guys in The Exorcist or something. He's yeah. he's pretty complicit in some dark stuff too. And that's where some of the tension. Jane saw a baby. Yeah, and that's where some of the tension. We're spoiling a lot of this movie, but no one saw it, right? <laughs> no, you I- should check it out. Yeah. Like it's it's worth checking out. Uh, and that's where some of the tension comes from. Is you know, he's like, what side is he on? Yeah. You know, Do is, the ends justify the means? Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Yeah. And I would say that the most horrifying shot in this whole film has nothing supernatural to do with it at all and it's him cleaning out his eye cleaning out his eye hole yeah well you have a special thing about eyes that you don't like I had had already seen this because I saw it when it was in theaters but you hadn't and as soon as that scene came up I was like grabbing a pillow and was like hiding and I'm like what is going on yeah and then it's like, oh, yeah, you don't like eyes and teeth. Those yeah, are things that bother Yeah, there's not you. a lot of stuff that I really, like, shy away from watching. I, I've, I've made a pretty strong stuff. Um, but eyes and teeth. <laughs> eyes yeah. and teeth I can't do. So uh, this is a really interesting movie. Yeah, but, you know, this this is a film where I think kind of the execution isn't even. Like, like ultimately, I just think there's, like, too much going on. I think it's a little confused about um who are we rooting for yeah i just like ultimately like i couldn't i can't get on board but i do think it's really interesting one of the most effective hindi horror films i've ever seen i think it leans a little bit too much on childlike anushka sharma you know learning about what it's like to not live in a shed in the woods yeah and like Oh, you don't have to eat out of the garbage? Okay. Like, that that's an, that's an effective shot. She's hungry. She eats out of yeah. the garbage. She's obviously been super abused, but she's also kind of a demon baby. 
So it, I, it that stuff is okay. Like, like it leaned a little bit too hard on that, I think. And it's also way too long. It's like 20 minutes too long. Yeah. I also think it relies a little too much on kind of cliche horror tropes. Um, that A weird I've death ne- cult? That I've never found effective. No, I don't want to shoot with the death cult, but just kind of like... Shots where, like, she's wandering around the the apartment and she sees, like, a bloody version of herself. Or, oh, like, yeah. She gets pulled. Well, like, hands reach up and pull her into, like, a tub of water. And while those are, like, they're well shot, they're well done, and they're effective, ultimately I just found them cheap scares. Yeah. Whereas there's a I, lot of jump scares. Yeah, there's a lot of jump scares. So, you know, to me... This reminds me of, you know, like just kind of um, a lot of contemporary Hollywood horror. You know, it's a lot of, like the Ramsey Brothers. Yeah, it is a, a lot, lot like, like the Ramsey Brothers. It's a lot Brothers. like Verona. It's and a lot more sophisticated than the Ramsey Brothers. Yeah, it's definitely not like, and here's the TNA portion of the film. Yeah. And now back to the witch doing stuff. But I also think it's got like, it's got some some similar DNA with like the, the stuff that we're seeing come out of Bloomhouse. Whereas like, I would like things to be a bit more... <sighs> You know, my, my kind of horror films, you know, I prefer things like The Witch, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, which a lot of people didn't like because it didn't have any jump scares and uh, it was a lot more thoughtful. And while I do think this is thoughtful, I just, my issue is that I find kind of some of these scenes, you know, again, we're like the, the jump scare stuff, I just kind of find it cheap. Like, I know that's why people go see horror movies. I know those are the moments where like, um, they want to feel that rush. They want those jump scares and they don't care if that amounts to anything cohesive within the film. Well, ideally it does, but in this case it doesn't. Exactly. Ideally it does. In this case it doesn't. And so, you know, I have a similar issue with this that I do with a lot of other contemporary Hollywood horror films in that they feel more like amusement park rides and less like movies. Yeah. I mean, um, we're told that the Efreet, you can't actually see it. You can only hear it chuckling or breathing. And you get a little bit out of that, but also she's hallucinating all the time and seeing her uh like dead mother yeah and she has to put her head in a bucket like you could maybe do that once rather than like four or five times but all that being said her I life is already pretty terrible she doesn't need to constantly be hallucinating for us to feel bad yeah but all that being said like i still i still think this is pretty solid like i would still encourage people who like horror movies to to check this out because again i yeah. think there's some really interesting ideas in here and i think it goes to some really fascinating places especially in regards to like women supporting other women and also the uh again a patriarchal authority figure who is relentlessly <laughs> dealing with this and can maybe step back for a second and think like do we need to chainsaw this baby <laughs> i mean i'm making a lot of big deals about this but have you ever seen that in a movie before that wasn't like brain dead like this does not come up it, it's not shown obviously no. but i mean it Lays out the stakes right away, like, oh, yeah, this guy does not screw around. Infant murder is all is always, like, a really dark place for movies to go, which is why movies don't go there often. Yeah. Um, infants and dogs. Yeah. Yeah. People inherently and like them. And there is a dog killed in this as well, so. Yeah. yeah so it really pushes all those buttons. I will say, I mean, this is me thinking that she's more emulating Bloomhouse or possibly Eli Roth, like... They I really it. don't the, get any wrath from any of this. I, I would say I'm that sorry. that room where the... How much uh, wrath have you seen? It just reminded me of Hostel, oh, okay. where they have this horrible birthing room where they've got people chained up to the wall. Sure, but cultists, there's no, there's, there's no tor- torture exactly, porn aspect it's, in any it's of these what, movies. I know, but it's what you can show in a Hindi film. Okay. It is, it's got that grimy aesthetic of kind of like dingy hospitals and gross birthing chamber... Like, I think that it is playing a lot more on, like you said, 
Hollywood modern horror than anyone else in Hindi stuff that we've seen. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. It's worth checking out, if only for that. Yeah. Uh, And Anushka Sharma gives a, once again, fantastic performance. And yes. it's, it's it, like, it really sticks out to me how these are the three films that she's produced for herself, and these are three very different characters, three very different roles. She is not repeating herself. She is like, I am showing my range. I'm doing interesting characters. I'm creating a strong projects for myself. Strong she is, as in she's a strong female character. She is potentially repeating movies. herself in that all of these women characters have pretty bad stuff happen to them. Yep. Like, there's no... There's no happiness in these movies. Yeah. There's no happiness that continues, I would say. Yeah. But but here her doing this kind of like again this 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 Nell character, this kind of like feral uh um kind of unkempt um woman who's grown up in the wilderness who then like has this childlike innocence when she um comes into the the, the civilized world who then uh kind of like doesn't understand the uh, the darkness within her and, and, and kind of like is fighting her sweet side is fighting with her like inherent nature. Um, I, Sharma does this well. It's not like my favorite kind of character, uh, but she's, she's really convincing. And I think, you know, I, I buy that she seduces this guy with her kind of sweet innocence. Yeah. You edit this down, take out about 20 minutes, maybe even half an hour. Yeah. You'd have a really lean, mean movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's just padded out too much. Yeah. Now, do you think there's anything that that Sharma and 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 her brother um, with these three films, with Clean Slate films, which we forgot to mention, it has an adorable logo of like yeah. a zebra that's lost all its stripes. Yeah, it's it. a zebra who walks out, and then a bunch of paparazzi <laughs> take pictures of him, and all his stripes fall off. Yeah, so he's a clean slate. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really good. Uh, do you think that um, that the Sharmas are saying anything with these three films? Because I'm really struck by um, the way that femininity and gender play into these three films. Yep, they're definitely playing with that. They're also yeah. and women's interested. roles in society, like women's roles in society. I think yep. is a big part of all three of these. They're films. also interested in juxtaposing either the past and the present, mm-hmm. or folklore and like science i guess or um, urban and rural urban and rural there's yeah i don't see a good natured romantic comedy set in one place coming out of this production house it's always going to be exploring some other um some other parts of the world of the modern world mm-hmm. and juxtaposing it to something else. Mm-hmm. That and, was a really long way of saying that. Sorry. And I think, I think they're really original movies. Like I, yeah. I, especially for Bollywood, I think we don't see uh, stuff like this, especially not in the mainstream. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really, I really commend um, Charma and her brother for, for this production. House. I'll watch so whatever they do next sight unseen, basically like it's, yeah. it's going to probably feature her and then mostly nobody's. But they could become somebody's in the next one. <laughs> yeah. But it's going to be an interesting story or, of a woman having to deal with some shit. Yeah, a lot of the supporting actors in these movies um, are are coming from other industries, are coming from the Punjabi industry or the Bengali industry. Yeah. So she's really kind of bringing um, just kind of new faces and and new voices to to Hindi cinema, and hopefully opening um, up new markets. Both Falari and Pari, I believe, are both uh, first-time directors. So, yeah. you know, that's that's exciting. Yeah. I I am excited by Clean Slate films. I'm excited to see what they do next. I I really like 
All yeah. three of these movies, um, some more than others. If I had to rank them, it's like NH10, Ferrari, Pari. I would, um, yeah, I would say the same. But yeah, um, like Phantom, I'm honestly just interested to see what they do next. And that's not something you often say about a production company. Yeah, yeah. We will be back in two weeks with a new episode, and we're going to be looking at a, a new release that uh, that just came to theaters. Sanju, which yeah. is a biopic of Sanjay Dutt. And we're also going to be discussing uh, one of Sanjay Dutt's films. Now, we haven't picked a film yet, so uh, if you have any suggestions, please uh, send them our way. What's your favorite Sanjay Dutt film? Yeah, it might be a good idea to look at uh, the Munabai movies, mm-hmm. just the same director, and yeah. you can see what actual Sanjay Dutt looks like in those movies as opposed to Ranbir Kapoor playing him. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be an interesting juxtaposition. But if there's something else that you'd want to hear us talk about, because we honestly... Don't know much about Sanjay Dutt. Uh, we've only seen him in like Lakandwala and um, I saw him in Boomy. Boomy yeah. and uh, uh, like he shows up in Om Shanti Om. But like we mostly know him more from the paparazzi angle than from his actual movies. So and from what I've heard, Sanju is much more interested in yeah. his life story rather than his film work. Mm-hmm. So yeah. We're, we're interested in learning more about him because he's an important guy and we honestly are kind of, you don't really know much about him at this point. And um, what better way to learn about him than a, a biopic? Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Well, you could find us on Tumblr at, at uh, bollywoodisforlovers.tumblr.com or on Facebook, just type in Bollywood is for Lovers. Uh, Twitter at BollywoodPod. I'm there too at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S. I'm there at at Aaron E. Fraser, E-R-N-E-F-R-A-S-E-R. If you're a fan of the show, please consider leaving us a review and a star rating on Apple Podcasts. We'll read mm-hmm. them out on air. And uh, really helps uh, new people discover the show and yeah. also gives us some, some feedback on how we're doing. Uh, while you're over at Apple Podcasts, leaving that five-star review, you can also check out my other show that I do weekly with uh, Paul Matwichak. You just did an episode. I think your episode just came out yesterday. Yeah. What on? It's on uh, Michael Moore's Canadian Bacon and Barry Levinson's Wag the Dog. So it's about um, presidents um, waging fictional wars to kind of distract from their... Uh, uh, low approval ratings. Yeah, <laughs> it's very timely. It is an extremely specific niche that niche that you yes. looked at this time. Yes, but uh, yeah, you can also check out this show at Audio Boom, uh, selected episodes at G Radio, basically any possible device. We're on the new Google podcast yeah. thing. Uh, basically, any way that you can get a podcast, we're probably there. And if not, let us know. We'll try. Yeah, and uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Yep. See ya. 